Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 134, Amazon Everywhere. Welcome to the Nut Nerd Podcast. I'm Nate Heath, and we are here to help you tech better. As always, Mr. Dave Baylor, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for thanks for uh, welcoming here to the studio today. Yes, it's it's been a kind of a busy week. Uh, kind of musical chairs around here at work. I moved some computers around. I've got now. I'm using a beautiful yeah. 27 inch Retina 5K. Uh, iMac uh, yes. on my desk. I don't know how long that'll last. Uh, last, we've got a new employee, so I had to set up a computer, and so just been doing a lot of tech type stuff, computer moving around. Uh, so that's what's going on with me. What's been going on in your tech world these days? Well, I think towards the end of last year, I probably mentioned it on the podcast. I got a smoking hot deal on a couple huge external hard drives. Right, right. Uh, eight terabytes. What are each. they called? The like it's not red. Red something. Yeah, the these red like, drives. These are like server grade. Yeah. Drives. So Western Digital, they're probably the top. Well, definitely the top brand external hard drives. Are there? Is there just one company that makes all of them now? Probably. I think. Yeah, I think they own some other ones and. So these are the big full desktop size eight terabyte hard drive. So I'm like, these would be great for my Drobo. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'll no. hand them over to you. So yeah. I have this big old workhorse of a PC at home that's kind of my server. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking I could put one of those in there, keep an archive of all my data, never have to worry about running out of room until yeah. I run out of room because right. I figure out something to fill it. I up could with. download the whole internet yes. and keep it on here. Let's go, and then have keep a cloned copy of that on the other one since they're the same hard drives and they are these high quality hard drives in there and use something like carbon copy cloner to just mirror it basically on a regular basis because one backup is none backup that's what i hear well i had start archiving stuff to one of them over the last nine months putting stuff on there kind of having another copy of it but i hadn't gotten the full system set up and i was like you know what Mm -hmm. i really need to get this going if i'm going to have these things i might as well be using them well, the one that I had started doing, I dumped a bunch of stuff on there, but I kind of kept it in other spots too because I was like, well, if this thing goes belly up, if it gets knocked over or something, mm-hmm. it, that hard drive can go out. So I had, I think, pretty much everything still on other drives. Well, I'm trying to, I'm running a disk check on that one before I start doing more copying because there was. Just some weird stuff. When you're copying that much data, it takes forever. Yeah. And if anything interrupts it. And so I was probably trying to do a little bit too much at one you time. You too close to the sun? Yeah, I was trying to be too efficient and running the disk check and then doing some Windows updates and stuff. So I come mm-hmm. back down the next morning, log into that Windows computer, look at it, a little window pops up. Would you like to format this disk so you can use it? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, or this disk is not formatted. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, uh, w- 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 wait a second, I've had yeah. three terabytes of data copied to this thing yeah and it was just gone i don't know why i think maybe the computer had restarted doing updates overnight and it, and it crashed the crashed with the check disk that i was running and stuff so if i would have just copied and deleted all that stuff beforehand i would be out all this archive data old video projects pictures i mean my pictures i have multiple locations but mm-hmm. it just such a great example of why i Follow my one backup is none backup. Yeah, you always got to have more than one source because if something catastrophic happens, that's completely beyond your control. 
you're out. Yeah. And it didn't get knocked over. It didn't, it wasn't five years old. So it got tired and the hard drive decided to stop working. I didn't spill coffee on it. It just, it windows. windows <laughs> yeah. Windows decided that we need to start fresh with this disc. So, uh, my tale of woe as I start copying everything over to it again, um, is make sure that you have anything that you consider important, uh, any documents, pictures, all that stuff. Just have multiple locations. It's so cheap these days yeah. that there's really no excuse not to do it. With the cloud, with Backblaze, five bucks a month mm-hmm. to just have that peace of mind if you have a computer. And or spend a hundred dollars on an external hard drive that'll last you yeah. several years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have both of them, and then you're set. Especially if you're business stuff. I, I mean. Imagine running a business. I run my own business. If that was all my business files mm-hmm. and it was just gone, all the do- design, all the stuff I've done over the years and had to start fresh. That would be bad. I mean, the downtime is crazy. So anyways, that's enough of my sad tale. It worked out fine. It just take a lot more time than I was hoping to. So Yeah. Um, and I was just going to say one practice that I do sometimes, I do a lot of video work and it's a pain and I'm not very good at managing this stuff and it kind of spirals out of control, but I'll film something and it records it on the SD card Yeah, and then I'll copy that to my hard drive. And I generally leave it on the SD card until I'm finished with the project. Just if I had to go back to the original sources, but then I get into this mode of, wait, did I have a backup of that? Did I do that project? And so then I'm like double checking myself and wasting more time. And so you really need to implement good best practices and workflows and I'm still working on that, yeah. and I do a lot of this type of stuff. So we're all on a on a journey to do better. But uh, digital asset management's really tough. It is. I I was actually it reminds me of this last week I was listening to I believe it was the Story Brand podcast, mm-hmm. and it was an episode they were kind of talking about being at your best, kind of mental health and diet and exercise and schedule and all this stuff. But one of the things that the guest was saying is checklists. Checklists are so important because then you're not having to sit there trying to remember, okay, what did I do? So for Mm -hmm. every video project, if you had a good checklist and said, okay, this is on SD card one that I've written on a Sharpie with, plus it's on this hard drive, plus I've archived it here. And having all those steps, all that repetitive stuff. Mm -hmm. Did I not get paid for this project? Check. Yeah. (laughs) Did it been all these hours? Check. Yeah. I took off my family by (laughs) being in my closet for two days? Check. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, you know, like when I set up a new computer for a client, I've got a checklist so that I can go through and make sure that all those steps, that I don't miss something and forget to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it's so much better for Uh, your brain. Pilots do it when they get in an aircraft. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If pilots do it, so should you. Um, well, that <laughs> wraps up catch- this episode. <laughs> oh, wait. New catchphrase. Uh, let's get into some of the tech news, and etc. from the week. Have some follow-up. We've been talking about the new um, Apple's operating systems that mm-hmm. are going to come out this fall. Yeah. Well, you on your phone had the developer beta. They've now released the public betas. Right. So you can sign up via Apple's website. Again, we recommend if these are mission critical to you, probably best to wait. A lot of people are saying the iOS 12 is really stable, but when GPS isn't working and then I saw something Mm -hmm. that like uh, Microsoft Mail Services, Office 365 just isn't syncing correctly on it. And my phone sometimes will do this little 
black screen with a little spinny wheel. Yeah. Like, hey, I maybe I'm restarting, maybe I'm maybe not. I, yeah. And so while I'm awaiting to open my text message or yes. my email client, I'm like, mm, I really wish I could see that message right now. Yeah. And so yeah. I wait two minutes and then it's back. Yeah. You know, or maybe it uh, deletes the text that I was typing. You never know. Yeah. So there's always those little gotchas and caveats. So I will agree if this is your main primary machine and you're really highly depend upon it, uh, I wouldn't install it. Now I have access to multiple devices yes. usually, so I can usually get by, but yeah. it is an inconvenience for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and just real quick, they didn't announce it at the WWDC, but just this last week, Matthew Panzerino from mm-hmm. TechCrunch got a big scoop. Apple's actually – Apple Maps has kind of been – when it was released, it was not very good, and it's gotten better. But they're actually kind of rebuilding it. A lot of it had to do with the fact that they were using – other people's data. They were yeah. buying data from TomTom, these other open things. And it was just this convoluted thing they had to throw together because Google was kind of... Yeah. They couldn't use Google data because that was a competitor. Yeah. And they didn't think they wanted to charge them a lot of money because yeah. Google won people using Google. And uh, so they were rebuilding it. That's why you might see there's the Apple Maps vans. There's a couple in Portland I see Man, driving around. I wish they would come through the Sherwood area where they're building a new bypass because... How many years has it been there? <laughs> well, and know. I think that's another thing with this new version that it'll be a lot easier for people to... They're using like high-resolution imagery yeah. to do some of the maps, which I'm like, hey, here's a Google map of where the road is. But, yes. you know. Uh, but the problem is it's going to come out San Francisco this summer for beta users and then mm-hmm. like Northern California in fall. As you can imagine, that takes a ton of time. Yeah. So it'll be slowly be expanding. So for Northern Californians, look for that in the fall. That's the cool. rest of us look for that eventually. Yep. Another piece of follow-up, T-Mobile this week, they introduced this new family mode app and base station for monitoring kids' internet use, a little parenting thing. Well, I am... Facebook friends and real life friends with Jelani Memory, who is the founder of the Circle device, which we yes. have talked about before, mm-hmm. which is what this is. T-Mobile has partnered with Circle with oh, Disney wow. to do this. So Jelani posted about it and was very excited that his company, uh, besides partnering with that little company, Disney, is yeah. now partnered with T-Mobile and they're kind of rebranding it under their own thing where you can pay $10 a month for the monitoring stuff and they've got a special deal right now for the base station thing for your home. Uh, just giving you a lot of parental controls and monitoring stuff. So you've used the circle device before we've talked about it. I have here and there. Yeah, I used it. It, uh, it, my kids were a little bit too old, I think for it. Yeah. And it was clunky in a few areas, uh, that, that made it a little challenging. Uh, so I actually sold it to a friend of mine who's using it with his younger kids and I'll try to get a report on that. I think they've got it set up and it's working or whatever, but I was going to say, this is kind of right on the hills of the Apple announcing for iOS 12. They're going to put the family management yes. stuff in here. And I've been trying it actually oh, with, okay. on myself. Yes. I, I allotted uh, one hour of social media time Ooh. and uh, I can't remember what else one hour for something else. And I'll get the alerts, you know, maybe at nine o'clock at night, it'll say you've been on Twitter or whatever for an hour and I can either say, okay, lock this thing or I can say ignore. Mm-hmm. But ideally you would have it on your child's device, which reports back to your device. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, Hey dad, I, it locked me out of, uh, you know, Snapchat. 
can I have 10 more minutes? You could choose to do that. You say, nope, bedtime. Yeah. See ya. So I'm really, really excited to try this yes. with my kids. And I might even install the public betas on their devices just to get the ball rolling oh, and yeah. to try it out. And my daughter coincidentally said, hey, if you put this on my thing, can I get Snapchat then? You could limit to like oh. five minutes a day. Yes. I was like, eh, maybe. Yeah. I, I thought that might be a good compromise because yeah. I can lock it out. And she really just wants to do the filters anyway. So, yeah. And so kind of our generic parenting advice with all this stuff is this is another tool to help you start that conversation going back and forth instead of, Hey, clicked a button. Now I don't have to worry about my kids anymore, (laughs) but gives you the tools to really access that. So if you're interested, if you have kids, if you're dealing with this stuff, check out the T-Mobile stuff. There's Mm -hmm. more stuff uh, coming to Apple, but if you have Android stuff and a mix of devices with the T-Mobile, it's more of an overarching uh, service both for on cell phone, on cellular data, and mm-hmm. home on the Wi-Fi. So, yep. this is not news story. I think it was actually like episode one or two of the podcast. We had just gone to Red Robin and used yeah. the little kiosks on the table to pay our bill because we were like, "Hey, we're starting a new podcast. Let's use technology." We are the tech guys, and we've used them several times before uh, or since then. You guys have probably seen them: Applebee's, Red Robin, a lot of major chains. Well, this article, I'm calling it not news because the title of it is an invisible rating system at your favorite chain restaurant is costing your server. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is there's these surveys at the end where these devices are help, supposed to help streamline. You can reorder drinks or appetizers. Paying and the bill is great. Paying the bill. You're not having to wait for that back and forth thing. Well, all these servers are coming out and saying – this survey at the end that I tell everybody to take, if I get a low score, then my hours are getting cut and mm-hmm. I'm not working as much or I might lose my job. If people don't rate me five stars, it's one to five stars. So if I get yeah. three stars, my hours have been cut to which I used to take home a hundred dollars a night or a shift. And now I'm taking home 70. So yeah, you know, I lost one of the tables off my thing and yeah. the management are getting these reports from the, little tablet thing and I'm just, it's not, people aren't reviewing me well Mm -hmm. (laughs) to which I say, maybe you're not doing a great job. Maybe you're a terrible waitress or waiter. Yeah. I never know. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't, I go to red Robin, not infrequently, but not all the time. But the last time my family went, it was clear that there was something going on with the server. Like, her mind was not mm. on mm-hmm. serving us. She, yeah. I don't know if she was trying to do too much or she had all this other stuff, but our service was not the height of her priority. Yes. And I reflected that in the review. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this was good. This was good. This was satisfactory. This wasn't. And it's like, I want to be honest because otherwise, how are they going to know that they're doing a bad job? Yeah. I mean, there are some customers who will complain to the manager, but I think used properly these are a great incentive for servers to do a great job, to do their job well. Yeah. Well, and it actually, our parenting advice we just gave, the way this article makes it sound like it's from BuzzFeed is that managers, they see one three star and then your hours are cut. Well, this is not an excuse for managers to give up managing. This is just another tool for managers. Yeah. And if they're not able to look at it and say, hey, this person averages 4.9 stars and they got somebody left three stars. Hey, maybe we'll have a conversation about what happened 
with that customer and what we can do differently. So it's kind of like this just blanket. Well, because of those tablets, I lost my job is what some people are kind of – and it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I think there might be a yeah. little bit more to this. If everyone else is getting four stars and you're getting consistently two, it might be something. Yeah, you have to yeah. look at the the whole data set. So it's yeah. like, you know, they were kind of implying that if it was Chili's, that the scores get sent to the headquarters somewhere, some big office building, and those people are just like, eh, deny hours, deny no. hours. It's just a tool for the managers to yeah. take a look. They have to realize some people are not going to. Not going to give good reviews no matter what happens and adjust accordingly. Yep. One thing I always like to, to adjust accordingly to <laughs> every week is Dave's Pro Tip of the Week. That may not have been your best segue. I'm just... I'm Got just gonna, a little... I was going to throw that out there. Yes. Well, sir, this Pro Tip of the Week relates to kind of a niche market of people. We're going to stay in the Apple ecosystem as we oft do as we oft do because it's what we're most experienced at but uh some of our listeners i know for sure have apple watches yes and i don't subscribe to apple music and so it's a little bit of a mystery to me like how if i wanted to put music on my watch so that i could listen without my phone let's say i'm going out for a jog Mm -hmm. and i would listen to a playlist uh, how do i do that without being an apple music subscriber well the truth is you can And depending on whether you've purchased music or not through Apple will determine whether or not you need to use a computer and use iTunes and those type of things. But uh, one thing I discovered is that years ago, I had downloaded lots of free music from Apple because every week they'd have a free song of the week or the day or whatever it was. And then I also purchased several albums. And so this wasn't always the case, but now with your iOS device, you can go into the music application and look at all of your purchased items. From there, you can open up the watch application on your phone and access the songs that are in Apple Music. Hmm. And so what I did is I went in and I found some of my previously purchased songs. I created a playlist, just called it Watch, and I put like 10 songs in there or so. Then I go over to the Watch app on my phone and I go to the little music section and you can add a playlist. And so hmm. I did that. Now your watch has to be plugged into the charger and be over 50% battery. Oh. Uh, and then it'll start synchronizing stuff down to your watch. Now that it's on your watch, how do you listen to it? Well, you need to connect an audio device to your watch somehow. I fortunately have AirPods. Mm-hmm. And I was streaming directly from my watch to my AirPods last night. And it was great. Nice. I, I thought it was a very good experience. Um, but... I believe, I've not tried this, but I believe you might be able to connect your watch to other Bluetooth-type speakers, like a little sound bar or something like that. Um, But you can't play the music directly from the watch, like over the little speaker, uh, probably due to battery constraints, and it's going to sound like terrible. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I know that there are probably other ways you can use iTunes to put it on your phone. This is how you'd have to do it. You'd have to hook your phone to your computer Import an album from a CD or something like that. Put it into iTunes. From iTunes, put it onto your phone. And then from your phone, you can put it onto your watch. So it's a little convoluted, but you could do it if you yeah. just had a CD sitting in your in your office. But I had some previously purchased music that I used it that way. So that's just the tip. If you want to go out jogging without your phone and you still want to listen to some music, you can just put some music on your watch, hook it to a pair of Bluetooth speakers, and you're off to the races. Nice. Very cool. 
Apple Watch, it's great, and it, it keeps getting greater. We still have the original ones. Oh, and man. I'm going to have to upgrade. This thing's getting <sighs> slow. It doesn't get the new features that are coming out yeah. this fall, but uh, that's not going to be a fun conversation with my wife. No. But the way you, you can help us get those new Apple Watches, we are affiliates <laughs> with Amazon. So if you just if you want to shop on Amazon, just go to that web browser, type in amazon.notnerd.com. It'll redirect you in. We get a little affiliate kickback. Yeah. And it costs you nothing and it Yeah, helps us out and gives us uh some fundage to support Not Nerd in our Apple habits. I think year to date we're up to seventy eight cents. Wow. So man. We're good. Cash that in. We're going to Red Robin <laughs> and leaving a horrible review. Well, let's move on to the Amazon news section of our show. Yeah, I, our takes today, uh for whatever reason, are a little Amazon heavy, but that's not not a bad thing. It's good and uh, odd stories. First one. So there's we've talked about there's the Amazon Show, the Amazon Look, the Amazon Fire tablets, the Amazon Echoes, the Amazon Echo Dots, Fire and Stick TV, Pods. What's the and, new one? The oh, new the TV. Fire Cube. Cube. Yeah. So they have Ooh. lots of different devices, and I always said the Amazon Show is the one that like it's the little tiny. Is that the round one? Uh, that's one? the spot. Oh, the spot. There's the spot in the show. The show's the little one that looks like a tablet, but yeah. you plug it into the wall so you have it in your kitchen so you could watch videos, except for you can't watch YouTube because Amazon and Google are Our, fighting over yeah. YouTube. It's uh, complicated, but yes, it's it's basically the tablet with a built-in stand, so yes. you can't take it anywhere. Can, yes. There's no battery in it. Yeah. So this new device, their new Fire HD 8 tablet, mm-hmm. they have – hey. What a genius idea. A this is your idea. This I is, know. This is why I put the, the <laughs> article in the show is you've been saying this. It's like, well, isn't this thing just a tablet? How How is it different than a tablet? So yeah. they they made this one tablet that's got a docking station that basically turns it into a show. So I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, so it's not their cheapest Fire tablets like the 40 or $50 one. This one, I think it's 110 bucks. Yeah. But it comes with this dock. So you could just have it sitting in the kitchen or wherever you would Put this thing, I don't know. Yeah. I think kitchen counter. People spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I do not <laughs> spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I spend a lot of time eating, yeah. but not preparing you, food. A lot of time at the dinner table. Yes, exactly. So you can just pop it in there, and then when you want to go sit on the couch, you pop it out, and you've got your tablet. The f- HD ones are a little bit nicer. Yeah. Uh, you are a resident Kindle <laughs> tablet expert with your collection that you have. Yeah, they're unfortunately a lot of older models. Yes. But yes. It's great. I think if you're going to have a kitchen device, don't spend the money on a dedicated device. It's just going to sit there, yeah. and then when you're in other parts of your house, it's no good. This thing is great. I envision people having this on their counter most of the time, and it's like, oh, I'm time to go up to bed, or I'm going on a vacation, or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. I want to go to the park and read a book. You just grab it and take it with you. Yeah. You don't have to buy a separate device. So anyway, it's kind of neat. I like that Amazon is continuing to innovate in this space. Yes. They've, for years, been one of those, let's just make something and throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And so they just try everything. And it's kind of neat because we get these unique uh, tech experiences that nobody else is doing. That's true. Uh, Have you ever been to Blaine, Washington, Dave? You know, I have not. Now, is this home of David Blaine, the (laughs) internet sensation magic? Street magic. Street magic guy. Uh, no, it is not. So th- there was a story that came out this last week, and the title is Welcome to Blaine, the town that Amazon Prime built. Well, if you know 
the state of Washington, specifically Blaine, Washington, you would know that it is very close to our northern border to Canada. Mm -hmm. And I actually have some experience with Blaine, Washington, because I, one of my clients, uh, we do e-commerce and we ship, uh, for a while we were only shipping in the U.S., now we do Canada and Mm -hmm. Australia, New Zealand. It's these amazing hammers douglastool.com if you want to check it out they are amazing um beautiful hammers but people love these things so there are people in canada that live close to the border that have mailboxes or post office boxes Mm -hmm. in blaine washington so we would ship a bunch of them to blaine washington and it was people with canadian billing addresses Mm. but they could use and amazon prime wasn't even in canada for a long time, and they're starting to expand that more and more. So that's why this article was out saying that Amazon Prime basically built this town because all it is is like mailboxes, etc., and yeah. stuff. Getting all these packages for people. People come over the border, get it, save all their money from import and all this stuff. And so with Amazon, so is all Prime, this legal? Can they do this legally, or is this a gray area? I I would think it's probably kind of a gray area um, since you're going into a different country to save money on taxes and delivery fees and that kind of thing. So one question I have, or not really a question, more of a statement. This is a fun fact. I have never been to Canada. I have not either. Yeah. But I kind of want to go to Blaine, Washington. Washington, just to see all that. (laughs) Now, is there a, a, a border wall? Is it like I, I believe like? there is, uh, is these people have worked it out so that they were able to, yeah, I don't think you can just stroll over like across the street from Canada. I don't know. Uh, it kind of prob- looks like you can from the map. <laughs> you can just kind of stumble it like that lady that was caught jogging, <laughs> the Canadian jogging in the U S and, uh, was held because she was in the wrong country. This is, I'm looking at a satellite photo and there's zero Avenue on the yeah. Canada side. It runs along the border, and there's a park on the other side. Like, it feels like I could just go to that playground right across the street. My house is on one side, there's a street, and then there's a park on the other side. So it kind of feels like maybe I could just walk across the border. I like to picture that there's just like a border guard that has like a folding chair that just kind of drives up there in his Jeep and pulls out his folding chair and like drinks out of his thermos of coffee watching people go back and forth. And he Uh, just waves at him. Hey, Charlie. Yes. Yeah, so I think they probably have it worked out. But Blaine, if you went there and started your mailboxes company, uh, you might not be doing as much business moving forward as Amazon Prime. Yeah. Because you can see, like, us selling our hammers, that's a couple of weeks. But if people are able to do Amazon Prime stuff and have it all delivered there, that's going to be the majority of everything coming in. This is – it's crazy. Yeah. If you have a chance to take a look, I mean, there's literally a parking lot that a truck – is driving from one side to the other. Now on the main road, you have to go through a, like a check stop. Yeah. But <laughs> everywhere else, it's like, uh, yes. it's so different than the other border. This is true. Well, this next one deals with Amazon deliveries as well, but I'm calling this one not news. So what happened here? And I like, I like to create a mental picture on this one. Mm-hmm. What happened was this reporter decided that she was going to go do the Amazon Flex, which is kind of like you're an Uber driver, only you're delivering Amazon packages. Yep. So she decided she was going to do this for a day to write an article about it. So she went through the whole process. How much money did this cost Amazon to hire her? Yeah. She said it was like a couple-week process to get your 
vehicle approved because they want to make sure it's safe to be on the road and get every background check, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then she writes this article and she's like, it was really tough. So I imagine her like in her high heels with like her purse and like running up and down the stairs with packages. With her little librarian glasses. Yes. Uh, So the Alana Samuels is her name, I believe is how you pronounce it. And what I would like to tell her is – what job is easy on the first day besides maybe being a journalist? <laughs> like if I Zing. the first day I set up a new computer, if I stopped there and yeah. like wrote about it, I'd be like, "Oh man, it takes forever to set up a computer." Now that I've done hundreds, if not yeah. thousands of computers, you get a little better at a job. Or, you get more efficient. You figure out where to park. And she did it in downtown San Francisco, which is a nightmare wow. to start with getting around. And she said that, you know, people, a lot of them, they just take parking tickets because they there's nowhere to park and get mm-hmm. in to places. And uh, But there is a service, and it's in a lot of towns, where instead of using UPS or anybody else, especially like for the- It's like a courier service. Yeah, like the Prime Now service where it's- deliveries within two hours. Uh, It's just these people that say, hey, I'm going to work today. I'm going to go do these deliveries. They say you get paid $18 to $25 an hour, and that's before expenses. So there's been many articles on all these different delivery services where for most people, it doesn't end up working out to be a great deal. I mean, the wear and tear in your car, the fuel, all that stuff. Yes. But if you had like a Tesla... An electric car. No, actually, a cheap electric car yeah. might not a be Nissan, a bad. A used Nissan Leaf, where yeah. it's and it's nice and small, so you can get. Because she was, what was she driving to? Like an Escalade or something yeah. that she couldn't park. I or know. Huge, huge vehicle. A 1984 so, uh, Ford Bronco. Yes, exactly. I understand what she, her thoughts were on doing this. She wanted to try it out and see what it was like, yeah. but do it for six months and then see if it's the if it feels the same as the first day of working. I don't know. If if anybody out there does this stuff, I know actually my cousin, I've talked to him some before. He does Grubhub delivery, mm-hmm. so he does a lot of that in his spare time and just delivers food. And Well, if you get off work and you have time to blow. Yeah. We had a meeting this morning with a financial advisor about oh. upcoming college expenses oh. for my daughter oh. who's entering her junior year. Uh, for those of you in Canada – her grade 11 year. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Side yeah. note, speaking of Canada, it's always at grade eight, grade two, yes. and here it's first grade, second grade. Just a weird cultural difference. Anyway, we talked to them, and I might need to get a flex job to help <laughs> pay for pay some for of this college. Stuff. Yeah. Or maybe your daughter could get a job. <laughs> what? Her? <laughs> what possibly could she do? Fast food. Fast food. PDX fast foodie. Uh, hey, you know what? Let's do an Amazon story. A what? Yeah, let's switch it up a little bit. This I've is actually guys. a security story. So the part of Amazon that most people don't think about a lot is the AWS, the Amazon Web Services, this yeah. huge cloud infrastructure they have that really dominates. Uh, there are a lot of big companies that use that infrastructure to serve their websites, their sales. Yeah, yeah. You portals. can do server. I mean, there's like a hundred different options of what you can do with AWS, all this pre-built stuff. It's really slick and Mm -hmm. really confusing. But one of those services is called Firebase. Amazon likes the word fire. They do for some reason. And base, so it's a database. So Ah. they have a lot of these different uh, functions of databases built in. So you can just say, hey, I'm building an app. 
I need a database. I'm going to sign up for Firebase because that'll be the best way to kind of, it's super cheap and have this database that interacts with my app to keep track of users, data, all this stuff. And it just works and they've got redundancy and I don't have to have my own server, all this stuff. Now, does this service cost? Uh, So it does, but it's like very cheap. So you're talking, you know, for a regular, not for Facebook, but like a minor app, you know, you're talking a couple bucks a month instead of having thousands and thousands of dollars of infrastructure of your own setup. Yeah. I was thinking if they had a free tier, they could call it Freebase. Oh, there you go. Freebase and that Firebase. The problem is by default, and we had this, what was it? Mango, Dango, Vango. There was some database service. The that, Django Unchained? <laughs> yes, that was it. <laughs> some other database service where they found the same thing. By default, it's not securely encrypted and you know password. It's not secure to pass this information back and forth. Yeah. Well, thousands of apps for Android and iOS were found to that were using this service. They just didn't have it set up securely. I guess by mm. default, it doesn't come with like a secure certificate, which you would think these days it just should come default that way. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it didn't. And people just set it up and they're like, I've got my app now. Yeah. And they didn't I'm going to store all this to do that extra process. To yeah. So somebody figured out that they could get all this data uh, off the web there's and n- there's no place safe to go uh, nothing is safe no no so if you happen to be an app developer that listens to the not nerd podcast and use firebase for your database backend uh you might want to check that out and make sure you change that somebody's probably let you know and said hey for thousands of dollars we'll fix this for you yeah um oh hey you know what we should talk about uh what Amazon. Okay. Um, we are the most nonpartisan tech podcast in the universe, really. <laughs> okay. I mean, we are. I thought it was on the internet, but the internet exists within the universe, yeah. so I, I yeah. agree. There I might agree. be podcasts on another planet in some other form, and we're still the most nonpartisan. Wow. And this is almost – we should have a new label, Captain Obvious. There is a big article saying how big Amazon's lobby presence is in Washington, D.C., and the state of Washington where they're located, Mm -hmm. which they're one of the biggest companies in the country and one of the biggest companies. I think they're bigger than Microsoft as far as money. Pretty big. They're almost a trillion-dollar valuation. So obviously they're going to have a lot of lobbyists because Mm – with all the stuff that they do between Amazon web services to prime now delivery to tablets, everything in between, there is a lot of good reason for them to pay attention. What laws are being passed. Mm -hmm. And I think this is still nonpartisan lobbyists. They have a very negative connotation. We think, Oh, the, you know, tobacco lobby is just, Mm -hmm. they're trying to keep cigarettes in schools or whatever it is. Right. But these major, major companies that employ, hundreds of thousands of people and benefit millions and millions of people. There's some importance in making sure that they're but, paying attention to. Yeah. Because overnight an, a law could be enacted that really hurts their business and they'd have yeah. to lay off 30,000 employees. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these big companies, they have to be, Apple does it too. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear a lot about Comcast because Comcast is evil, but how many employees do they employ and how many people use their service? That's a major part 
I mean, really of the U.S. infrastructure are yeah. these companies. And yeah, if they have a major change that's going to cost them billions of dollars. It's in their best interest to have lobbyists. Yeah. But it's not always in the best interest of the consumer. Yeah. But sometimes it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it is. So it's, uh, it's neither good or bad. It is just a tool. It is a tool yeah. that can be used for good or bad. Yeah. Hey, we have one story this week that is not Amazon. Facebook. Oh, boy. <laughs> Even better, Dave, has a new, you will like this, a keyword snooze feature. Hmm. So you can actually type in words that you do not want to hear about for 30 days. So let's say the latest season of Gilmore Girls oh boy. is broadcasting. Is I don't think so. And it's the only show I could think of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's say you're not going to watch it until like the season is over, so you don't want spoilers. Oh, okay. So you could actually put this snooze feature on where you say nothing about Gilmore Girls yeah. for a month or nothing about a political person or yeah. a company. I wonder what would happen if you tried to snooze – Facebook. Facebook. Yes. <laughs> it would ex- it would implode and explode. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to happen. <laughs> so really you couldn't I'm thinking Star Wars, Marvel. Yeah. You, you came up with Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I know. Ser- seriously? Yes. Okay. Well, I was trying to relate to you, Dave. Okay, in thank you. Shows that you like. But yeah, spoilers, they're a huge issue and especially now. I mean, it used to be everybody sat down and watched TV when it was on. We didn't have DVRs yeah. even before VCRs the water cooler all this talk stuff. at work the next day. Now, which it's just impossible. You There's- have to like schedule something with somebody and say, "Hey, Dave, Watch the season yeah. of Arrested Development, and yeah. we'll meet up in a month so that we can discuss it. Or watch watch that the first episode. Oh no 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 the whole the whole first season. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, watch yeah. 18 hours of this, and let's talk tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, it, I think it's a nice little feature. We'll see if it gets used that much. I don't know when I would really use it because I don't snooze. I just unfollow people. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that's a little PSA out there, people. You're under no obligation to follow people or let them follow you on Facebook. If they are toxic people, yeah. get rid of them. Yeah. Your life will be better for it. There's toxic people on Facebook? I've heard about it. Yeah, news to me. And you know what's going to be news to all of you listeners? Our picks of the week. So, Nate, you may remember a few weeks ago we talked about in episode 132 – I photo, you photo, we photo. Yes. We we can't get away from photos. Photos are no. just an integral part of our lives. And I use my phone to take most of my photos. Occasionally, I'll take it with a camera or a drone or a, a video camera. You know, yes. it's just various tools that I have around. But most of the time, it's coming from my phone. And one of the great things about this little amazing computer in your pocket is you can download apps like Exif viewer. Now, Xif. Yeah. What does Xif stand for? E-X-I-F. Uh, exit sign. <laughs> no. I don't know. External image format yeah. information or something. Who knows what it is, but this is the little bit of metadata that's attached to all your photos. And what X, Xif viewer does well is I can go through my, my, my role here and I'm going to do an Interesting one, actually. This is a panorama I took uh, the other day. So it shows up in my my role, and it says it's uh, an HEIC format, which is High Efficiency Image Codec. It's a new one that yes. Apple has implemented. Uh, it's a 7.1 megabyte file. And get the pixels here. 
It's 10,024 wow. pixels wide by 3,746 because it's a pano. Yes. Um, I can rate this image within my, oh, my okay. application here. I can see the aperture, the ISO sensitivity, focal length, the flash. that said the flash did not fire. Just scores and scores of information. It's at a 37.6 megapixel image. My camera here is like a 12.2 megapixel. And so the stitched megapixel combined is yeah. 37. Is this information useful? Probably not to a lot of people, but to many who are interested in photography, it can be a great tool. You can favorite different bits of information here and come back to them later. It shows your GPS coordinates because, you know, your iPhone has a, or your Android phone has a built-in GPS. But what's great about this is at the very bottom, and some of this is on Apple photos as well, but it shows you the map of mm. where you were when you took the photo. And it even shows the direction wow. you were facing. So if you wanted to go to that exact point in space yeah. and face that exact direction, you could take the exact same picture as somebody else. So it's really cool. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you can remove location data I from a photo. I was just going to ask that. And you can edit the EXIF data. So if you took it and it's the GPS satellites were yeah. wonky that day and you're like, what's well, 200 feet this direction? You could edit that if you wanted to or if you change the name or if some of the camera information was not correct. Um, so it's really neat. Oh, and I was, I was traveling point Four two miles per hour when I took this photo. Wow, which is not true. <laughs> you were I was running. I was standing still. Nice. Uh, Real time follow up. EXIF stands for Exchangeable Image File Format, and so it is. And it goes across different. Uh, it's been adapted across different things. It came from TIFF type files, but it works with JPEGs and the new Apple formats, the HEIC. Mm -hmm. So it's just a standard that was created to kind of give this data within a file so that it would be readable by all these different applications. Because if Sony, Apple, Google, if everybody did it a different way, you wouldn't have a standard for the information. So, And just for reference, the, the app is two ninety nine. I got it on a free deal. So oh, they were, yeah. it was free. And so I downloaded it. It was great. But it's normally two ninety nine. It's by a company called Flontro. Hmm. And it's got 4.7 stars with 813 ratings. So there a lot go. of people love this app. If you want an exif viewer type application this is the one to get very nice well i teased my pick and it's actually a double pick because there's two services that are very similar i teased this several episodes ago we were talking about how gmail had done their big revision the first revision like 7 yep. years added a bunch of new features and they actually borrowed some of the features from these services but there's still a lot of benefits to them and it's the one that i'm using is Gemalius, G-M-E-L-I-U-S, and mm -hmm. it, the other one is Boomerang. They are specifically built to integrate with Gmail. So I use the Gmail web browser version to do all my email stuff. So it's an extension that adds into your Gmail. I think just through Google Chrome, it might work with other browsers too, on your computer and gives you a lot of extra functionality. Now, there's a free tier, which I'm using, mm -hmm. and it gives you – one of the th reasons I have it and why I brought it up before is I can uh, delay sending a message. Right. So when I'm working Sunday night to do all those emails that At I told people I'd yeah, have to them on Monday morning, yeah. I can schedule it so then it would go out at 8 o'clock on 
Monday morning, or if you wanted something to go out in a couple days, or if you're going out of town and trying to get stuff. And so I think with the free version, you get 10 of those a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some other functionality too, as far as being able to track emails, know when they've been opened. Uh, there are a bunch of different features. There's some integrations and then you can pay. There's a premium biz- version or a business version of this $5 a month or 14 dollars a month where you get a bunch more features and unlimited for these delayed emails mm-hmm. and yeah the free tier you get like 10 a month yeah which and, for an individual or a sole proprietor would be plenty yeah yeah and it's a great i love being able to do it this way and you don't even have to give me your credit card to start because then if you're using up your 10 every single month then you go well maybe i should spend five dollars a month to make my business better <laughs> yeah um and they also do templates so email templates oh nice so like for my wedding dj stuff a lot of you know that initial email it's the same information over and over so you just create a template and then you can click that change a couple names around a couple dates around and then send it off so you're not having to kind of nice. goes back to the checklist thing in the beginning having automated things where you're not having to redo work over and over again mm-hmm. um so the boomerang one is very similar very similar features you almost kind of wonder if they're the, like the same company that just has two brands to like be able to compete with themselves yeah but there's like inbox pausing and all this different these different features that really give you a lot of extra with right within gmail or the g suite if you use that for business mm-hmm. um so it can be really Really helpful if you want to take your email to the next level. I highly recommend looking at these free to try. Uh, and that's an unlimited, it's not, you know, 10 days. It's There's the free tier where it's free forever, no credit card required. And uh, it's really helped me get a little better at email because email, it's a necessary evil. It is. And we still use it. It's not going that's anywhere. how business gets done. This is true. Well, speaking of getting done... I think we are about done with this episode 134 of the Not Nerd Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, send us your pro tips. Send us your picks of the week, any of that stuff, recording, an email, whatever. We'll put it on the show. We'd love to have you guys be a part of it. We've got some more um, plans for some guests to come on and share their tech world with us. And now, get out there and tech better. Test. Test. Give me a... This is a test of the Emergency Broadcast Network. We sound good.